You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the kinks are the village green preservation society by the kinks in the room i have rob adam and ben Mm. the kinks are the village green preservation society is the sixth studio album by the english rock group the kinks released on november 22nd 1968 producer was ray davies and the genre is pop and from all music review uh stephen irwine Ray Davies' sentimental, nostalgic streak emerged on something else, but it developed into a manifesto on the Village Green Preservation Society, a concept album lamenting the passing of old-fashioned English traditions. As the opening title song says, the kinks, meaning Ray himself in this case, were for preserving draft beer and virginity. And throughout the rest of the album, he creates a series of stories, sketches, and characters about a picturesque England that never really was. It's a lovely, gentle album evoking a small British country town and drawing the listener into its lazy rhythms and sensibilities. Although there is an undercurrent of regret running through the album, Davies' fondness for the past is warm, making the album feel like a sweet, hazy dream. And considering the subdued performances and the detailed instrumentation, it's not surprising that the record feels more like Ray Davies' solo project than a Kinks album. The bluesy shuffle of the last of the steam-powered trains is the closest the album comes to rock and roll, and Dave Davies' cameo on the menacing Wicked Annabelle comes as a surprise since the album is so calm. But calm doesn't mean tame or bland. There are endless layers of musical and lyrical innovation on the Village Green Preservation Society, and its British sensibilities became the foundation of generations of British guitar pop. All right, what do we think of the Kinks, Village Green Preservation? You know what I think about the Kinks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a breath of fresh air. I know we talked about this with their last record, but it's just day and night. With when you hear this record, but this is what an organized approach to songwriting and also the presence of talent like brings, like from a songwriting Songwriting standpoint. talent. Yes, from a song, yeah. Like this is, there's such a narrative voice, it's a unique voice, and it's just song after song with personality, and it also sounds good. I love the Kinks musically. I've always loved the Kinks musically from their garage rock to their vaudeville to this like a Baroque pop. But what really makes me love, love the Kinks, love the Kinks is uh, Ray Davies voice, not, not his literal voice, but his narrative voice. Oh yeah. You're referencing Ray Davies paints 
pictures lyrically that he's a genius. Did, like they they hit me in, like right here, like right right in the right in the breadbasket. You know, he playfully mocks uh, establishment and class with such expertise that you just would not want to be on the other side of his criticisms. I mean, it sounds so playful. And his sincere wistfulness for a simpler time, like this was in 1968. Like, I can't imagine how wistful he is now and 50 years later, you know, like, it's like, like, well, like, it's like a running theme of this whole album. Like, right now we're in our headphones, we're listening to Picture Book, which is literally about... Looking at old pictures, yeah. and then uh, you know the, the the metaphor of the last of the steam powered trains. Like in mm. 1968, uh, England decommissioned the last of their steam powered trains, and he, he writes a, writes a song about that. And you know, it, there, there's I don't know, I'm losing my words. <laughs> but I've never heard a song about a train that I relate to. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm a train. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how did you feel about it being essentially Green River by CCR? I thought it was essentially Smokestack Lightning. Oh, okay, yeah. That's funny. I could see that, too. And that being said, I, I gave it a pass. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the most original song uh, in general or even on the album. Like, I, I, like Last of the Steam Powered Trains is like the kind of the most like just kind of stock riff song yeah. that they have. And if it was a whole album of stock riff songs, I would really hold it against them. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault them for putting one kind of standard blues rocker in the middle of in the middle of this record. Yeah. Especially with like especially lyrically is what I really like about this song. Like drawing those parallels of uh, between like yourself and your old simple ways to some like decommissioned piece of technology. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I thought this. Yeah, I great album. I mean, it's like a pop masterpiece, right? Uh, like, absolutely. It fits right in. But with, it's also a concept record. It's like yeah. it's both. That's what I think is so wild. Is it's it's clearly pop, but it's also it's heady. It's yeah. This is like this is a bigger thing than it's yeah. M- and w- you can definitely see how you know this came out. Sergeant Pepper's came out. This didn't sell as well. You know, it didn't do so well. But I think it on reflection, a lot of people have recognized how good it was it just wrong time bad, bad Ray timing. Davies has I don't know how recently but recently I'm assuming like in this century uh, referred to it as the most successful flop of all times yeah nice. it, it didn't it didn't move when it when it came out it was yeah. a creeper uh, I think it was a hundred thousand copies wow World, that's very little for back then worldwide yeah I especially mean, for for a band that's been churning out Singles, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Is this the time? Were they still banned at this time? They were still banned, (sighs) and they were still banned. And you know, I I said it before with one of their other ones. I'll I'll say it now. Like part of the charm of this record is just how British it is. You know, it's agreed. It's really, really. It it's painting this very specific British picture. And, you know, you kind of like, I hate that they were banned from the States. I hate what it did to their career. But it put that it gave them this perspective to be painting like a like a very specific, you know, British scene. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're not covering their accents. 
they're not they're not falling into a lot of these pop tropes of yeah. a lot of the other bands you know cuz because they have this like this governor on their <laughs> career for for better or for worse probably for worse but you know here we are listening to Village Green yeah so you you were kind of saying for the Beatles uh but you were kind of talking about how the Beatles Sgt Pepper's wasn't you weren't particularly fond of but i find this album fairly similar except it doesn't have such surreal lyrics it doesn't its lyrics are very realist and it is that what draws you more to to this i think so is that it's more of a cohesive and just straight ahead narrative yeah rather than going into like doing a little bit more experimentation that the beatles were doing yeah, you know, you can you can draw some parallels musically uh, between the two bands in this era, but lyrically, you know, I, I I think that Ray Davies for his whole career, Ray Davies has written, he's like he writes like like realist short stories, he's like like fucking Hemingway with a guitar, yeah. you know, and that's as much as I love like bopping my head and tapping along to to Kinks music because the music's fantastic it's really ray davies lyrics that keep me coming back for more he's just he's he's always just painting this picture of real people small things believable believable things and and he, and he doesn't do it from like an aloof perspective he does it either from from like a very first person perspective or like from like an admiring wistful perspective. Like, like I wish that we still focused on things like this, like yeah. this, this is guys, this is where it's at. We, we should really dial it back and get back to this. Yeah. You know, as, as the years progress and as I get older, I feel like that more and more of the waking hours of my day. And so it's always just really comforting to listen to the Kings. I fucking love this record. Get yeah. out of there, I, there's, there's, not a, there's not a bad song on it. I was going to ask about Starstruck. That was the only one that I felt a little weak on. And it was the single. I know. How is Picture Book not the single? Picture Book is so memorable. And right? it's like that sweet two and a half minutes. It's an earworm. It's got, the yeah. mel- it's got the vocal melody and the melodic melody. You know, mm-hmm. like the the instrumental melody yeah. uh, that are both like. It was the B side of Starstruck. Hmm. Yeah, like you can you can take a step back and you can look at the the Kinks' entire catalog, and pretty much almost the entire time, you can you can distill lyrically the stories down. It's like it's like Ray Davies has always had the same thesis. He's always had the same artist statement ever since the get-go. 
And his way of saying that has evolved over his career. But take like, take any Kinks album and distill it down to what he's trying to communicate across. And it's always this this similar theme. Man, I, I, have, I have trouble putting it into words, you know, but... I get it. Yeah. Like, like you take the song Animal Farm, you know, and it's just this simple, like, gut notion of, I don't belong here. I belong out in a field hanging out with the animals because when you really boil it down, we're just animals after all. Why shouldn't we be... Why, why should we be wearing a suit in a cubicle when we should be out in the sun splashing in the water and that's kind of like the message of like animal farm it's also the message of ape man you know like which is like three years later it's also the message of so many songs that he's written like for this guy's entire career he he's like just trying to like tell you something <laughs> like shake the suit and tie get out into the woods by ray davies you know <laughs> i like that yeah. that's a pretty good message totally it resonates so strongly with with, with me in particular, the more I drink. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of this cubicle. <laughs> Escapism is a, is a theme of this record. Absolutely. I wrote that down. Actually, uh, I wrote that down next to Animal Farm, but I think it it, it, it fits into the whole record, and it, it fits into, honestly, a lot of their career. Just the just escaping the, the humdrum world. Yeah. Going to somewhere more, more ideal, more simple. Like a real river's kimono. Like a river, like a real river's kimono. Uh, <laughs> so I think, uh, d- does anybody <laughs> want to talk about it, how how you feel about this album? I mean, are we all just on the positive? Just so note good. On it? It's just so good. I, I, I can I, I can cri- I can critique parts of it. Sure, go ahead and give me a little. I bit. think that side one is stronger than side two. <gasps> Scandal. I okay. think that this album comes out of the gate. I want to say it comes out of the gate I swinging, agree. but it also like it's also a very mid-tempo Barack broke pop album. So like whatever that version of swinging is, maybe hugging, it comes out of the gate hugging. Okay. Uh, I think I think that the I think that the whole album is strong. I don't think that there's a bad song on the album, but I think that the most memorable songs are on side one. That being said, side two is great, but. When I'm if I'm just listening to this album passively, as opposed to listening to this album with the intent of reviewing it, uh, I've had the, I, I've I've owned this album for 15 years, and before before this week came up where I needed to listen to it for this podcast, I knew like every measure of every song off the first half of the album and the second half of the album I was just a little bit more hazy on and i don't even own it on vinyl so it's not a matter of flipping it you know i, I have the cd yep. uh it just side two starts to kind of blend in a little bit to me okay then when i sat and listened to it you know like sat and actually like actively listened to it you know uh I, i'd like pull up the lyrics online pull up the wikipedia page or whatever and like just sit and like with the intent of listening to it I couldn't find a fault with any of the songs on side two. But when I was just like listening to it and also doing something, side two just kind of fades into the background a little bit. I, I see. I, I completely, because I, I've had this record for, I probably got around the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you told me about it. But uh, whenever I used to listen to this record, I remember feeling like it was front loaded. And um, and I think it's, it's, it's the idea that it like, it welcomes you in so effectively 
And with Village Green Preservation Society and Picture Book specifically being at the top, it's just hard not to like feel like you are peaking like, and you're just at this like, wow, I, they've totally got me hooked. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, it's 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 similar, but it's still good. But it's just like it's a bit of a like your sugar high uh, starts mm-hmm. to fade a little bit. But I mean, I still think this album 100% deserves to be in this book. It's an easy oh. pass for me, but like I, I was having to stretch just to critique it. But I yeah. think that just the idea that like I think that's this is one of the things that's stunning about the selections in this book is that um, like you know a thousand records is a lot of records. A thousand one is even more, and uh, <laughs> uh, but like you know I can find some fault with this record, but it easily belongs in this book. It's it's shocking when you know you see an omission that is. Uh, just complete oversight and then you just hear something that's like well, some of the stuff that we are doing and have done recently or it's just it makes a record like this shine even more but that's what listening to music is all about is finding those gems at a time when you're feeling exhausted I mean part of the reason that stuff sounds so fresh is because other stuff doesn't <laughs> you know? yeah. You guys want to talk about phenomenal cat? Uh, sure. <laughs> I was gonna say that there there are uh, multiple versions of this, and there was a 2004 special edition. Oh, that's why we got it. There was like a new edition that three discs, pushing. Uh, stereo, that's what mono, and rarities, and it has all the B sides and everything. And that's that's really the you know the the one to check out because it's just got that's the one I have. It, yeah. It's got the rarities are are, are good as well. Because there was there was yeah. there was some sequencing issues like right up to like the last because I know that it's a fifteen track album it's a long album I think that the original wa- European was 12. twelve yeah because they sent it out it wasn't wasn't England but like mainland Europe and New Zealand Dave or Ray Davies uh, petitioned to uh, the label uh, Pi I believe. He wanted to try to make it a double album. He thought like he had already he's like he'd already given him uh, twelve tracks, and then he approached him. He's like, "Hey, uh, like give me give me like another month or two. I think we can do a double album out of this." And they said, "No, we don't want to do a double album." And then they compromised with. He said, "Okay, I'm gonna do three more tracks. Like we can do it a fifteen track album and fit it on one." And they agreed with that. But at that point. The twelve album, uh, the, or the twelve track album, had already been basically past the point of no return. Was going out to parts of like Europe and the rest of the world. So, yeah, England got the fifteen track one. 
uh, the rest of the world, or uh, uh, Europe and the rest of the world got a 12-track one, at least for the first pressing. But then Ray also had, like, five more tracks, which were going to be on an album called, was, like, Four More Respected Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Which was never released, so that's probably the stuff that's like the B sides and rarities, I would imagine. Yeah, was like the stuff that was going to be on his double, his second disc, and then was going to be that album that never happened. Yeah, tell me about this cat though, this phenomenal cat. I think it's the best song title, <laughs> and the weakest song of the album. <laughs> it's just it's silly, you know. Like they 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 get they get a they get a few passes for how consistently good they are. They can have a silly song once in a while. Yeah. But I'm sorry, that song's I thought that song was silly before I bothered to look up the lyrics and I read the lyrics and I'm just it's just confirmed. No, that song's just silly. <laughs> but I love that it, I love the title Phenomenal Cat. Okay. It's about a cat that got fat <laughs> <laughs> who lived in the land of idiot boys. Yeah. And just lived to eat because it kept him fat. Mm-hmm. And then once, though, before he was fat, he went to Hong Kong. Yeah. And then he found out, like, the secret of life or whatever. And whatever that was, it doesn't say. But then he decided, no, I just want to be fat. This sounds like my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> You're the phenomenal cat. I am the phenomenal cat. <laughs> On that note. Just sitting uh, in this tree. All right. Great album. Uh, next time we'll be talking about Ravi Shankar's The Sounds of India. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Big and 